Welcome to the Naked Wellness Podcast. As a qualified nutritionist, I'm here to strip away the nonsense and get down to the bare essentials of nutrition and wellness. Join us as we debunk myths, chat with top-notch experts, and serve up practical tips that will leave you feeling empowered. Get ready to uncover the naked truth about living your healthiest life. Let's undress. Welcome back to the Naked Wellness Podcast. Today I have a very special guest with me. I have Brooke West. Brooke is a registered dietitian who works with women to help them actually navigate their way through their hormone health and their gut wellness so that they are able to be that healthiest version of themselves and working with their bodies, with their lifestyles rather than against it, which obviously aligns so much to me and the work that I do as well. So I'm so excited for our conversation today, Brooke, and welcome to the Naked Wellness Podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I think it's going to be incredible. Did you want to start off with giving us a little bit of an intro about yourself, your own journey that you've been on? What got you interested in this area of health specifically? My journey has really mirrored my personal health experience, and I struggled so much with gut health and hormone imbalance and autoimmunity. And so I was trying to figure out paving my own way. How can I do this from a holistic perspective uh, that's really balanced? Um, And I also struggled with a lot of disordered eating. And I think as a dietitian, I got into this space thinking, oh, like I want to figure out the hack to become the best at dieting. And I very quickly realized that I needed to do my own healing work around that. So I did. And then I, after that, it was these deeper layers of, okay, how can I support my gut and what's happening in these imbalances? How can I support my hormones in a holistic way? And so it's just really been this unraveling really beautifully in my personal life that has mirrored what I do in my business. Wow. I think that's so powerful because it means then the work that you do with other women, it comes from a place of, yeah, you have the knowledge and the understanding, right? But you also have that personal understanding of what the journey can be and what they're feeling and what they're also going through. Yes. It's a very much like, I get it because I was in your shoes kind of thing. Yeah. hundred percent. And so for you and your journey, what was that pivotal moment or that turning point that you're like, okay, there is something that's imbalanced here or my gut does feel off. Well, really I ignored the symptoms of my body for a really long time. You know, I was able to power through grad school and it wasn't until I got my first like big girl job, as I call it, where I started to see the impact of balancing a regular full-time job and being an adult and in a new city and my own habits and routines and how it was impacting me. And so I just really, it was kind of this sudden, like, shake you awake moment where I'm like, wow, I feel awful. I don't have energy. I'm extremely abnormally bloated. My stomach hurts all the time. And so then I was like, you know what? It's time for me to focus on myself. And so that was really that big moment that shifted things for me. Yeah. hundred percent. And I guess when it starts to impact so many other areas of your life, it's such a key sign that this isn't what it's meant to be and there is another way of actually being able to do things and live your life and achieve all the other goals or show up to work or show up as the best wife friend partner whatever it is that you are right and so i guess did you want to start by explaining to us the actual connection between hormone health and gut health because i think this is such an interesting i guess connection and topic and one that can be easily overlooked as well Yeah, absolutely. The gut influences so much to the point where in research, we think it's actually more important than the brain, which I think is very exciting as like a nutrition nerd. 
But essentially our gut influences hormone and nutrition or neurotransmitter balance. And a a big key piece of this is the gut brain axis. Mm -hmm. And we know, you know, how much our emotions impact our nervous system and that two way street with our hormones. So this is a really good starting point of, we have a direct line from our gut to our brain. Um, And then what's also, I think an interesting thing to note is our gut is really our detox pathway. And our first our first real thing we need to focus on is having one to three healthy bowel movements per day. So if we're not doing that, we're not allowing our hormonal metabolic waste to actually leave the body. And so we can see things like estrogen dominance, which is really impactful with women, especially in our cycles, if we're not getting one to three bowel movements per day. And we even have specific bacteria in our gut this is like the most wild thing that will actually take estrogen that has been packaged out by the body to go out. It will unpack it and let it be reabsorbed by the body. There's a really specific bacteria called um, beta-glucuronidase that does this. So that also can create a hormone imbalance um, and estrogen dominance. So there's a lot of different ways where it's all interwoven and why it's so important, I think, to take a very holistic approach to everything. Mm, That is so interesting. And I guess you do hear the phrase, your gut is your second brain. But it's when you actually unpack all of these little things as well, you're like, okay, yes, this, this really is the second brain and the impact and the influence that it has on so many other aspects and areas of our life. And I know for me as well, on my own journey that when my gut wasn't in its best place, my anxiety was really high and through the roof. And yeah, I did have hormonal imbalances. Like my menstrual cycle was so irregular. And it's just, it's so interesting when you start to do the work on one area, what else can come from that as well. And so some people who are sitting here probably listening to this being like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe my hormones are imbalanced or maybe my gut health isn't where it could be. What are some signs and symptoms that they should be looking out for? Well, when it comes to gut health, there's the obvious ones we think of where nausea, vomiting, heartburn, reflux, cramping, abdominal pain, uh, constipation, diarrhea. So those are like the obvious ones. But then there's a lot of underlying ones that we don't necessarily think to connect the dots to. So skin issues, acne, fatigue, low energy, brain fog. Um, A really big one that I like to highlight a lot when I work with people is nutrient deficiencies, either because you're not able to absorb the nutrients, you don't have what you need to break it down. There's some type of overgrowth interfering, or you're not able to synthesize certain vitamins because you actually synthesize in the gut, biotin, folate, thiamine, riboflavin, niacin, B6, B12, and vitamin K. So if you're familiar with nutrition and you've dipped your toe in the pond, you're like, wow, okay, basically all of my B vitamins, it's really important that my gut is in really good shape. And if we don't have our B vitamins, that's when we're going to see a lot of low energy, brain fog, um, all kinds of things. So we also got mood imbalances and the hormone health. Um, And then the other layer, I would say, with hormone imbalance symptoms, especially specifically in women, um, are cramps, or excessive bloating, especially in different parts of your cycle. So that might be around your period. It might be around ovulation. Everyone is different. And those are different clues that can help us dig deeper. If you have heavy or painful periods, I know that a lot of the times 
we write this off as normal and we have jokes about PMS, but truly that is a symptom that something is off and we can impact it greatly with lifestyle and nutrition, sometimes supplementation, depending on what's going on. Um, so if anything's off with your cycle, it's irregular or missing. Our cycles generally should be 28 days. Anything less than 21 or over 35 is, is usually when we're like, okay, this is irregular. Mm-hmm. Um, and anytime that we're seeing low energy and mood swings also can be related to hormones. So sometimes if like someone's like, man, I'm really low energy, we have to do a little digging to be like, all right, well, where's the root cause? Cause it could be a lot of different things. hundred mm-hmm. percent. And I think what you, you said about it being normalized for so many of these things is so important as well, because you're right, you know, having those for a lot of women, they talk about having the three, 4 PM afternoon slump or afternoon sugar cravings. And it is so normalized or same as the PMS symptoms or things that I've been hearing popping up nowadays, as well as things like the period flu or, you know, at different parts of the cycle experiencing different symptoms. But when we talk about it in a way where it's like, oh, but my mum experienced this or my sister gets the same thing, it is so normalized. And it's like, oh, okay, then it's fine for me to go through that and experience that. And I think that that's such an important thing that you highlighted there of just because it's common doesn't mean that it's actually normal or that it's actually right. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a big thing I would like to see shift. I I think a lot of people, a lot of my clients will come to me and they'll be like, well, I went to my physician and I explained what was happening and they just told me it was normal and I'm fine, but I don't feel fine. Mm -hmm. And I think my biggest piece of advice is if you don't feel good and something feels wrong to you, then I just want to like validate that. And there are certainly things you can do on your own, just with your lifestyle and your your diet, like I mentioned, to make sure that you do feel better. It's just, it's really common, unfortunately, to be like, oh, this is normal. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. When I had first lost my period and I was going to the doctor, after doctor, I would, the advice that I was given was to go back on the pill or to you know, it's fine. Not, not every woman has to bleed. And I do that in quotation marks, like bleed to have a period. You could be having ghost periods or random things like that. And deep down, I knew that there was something bigger at play that it wasn't, my period just didn't go missing just because, right. And going back on the pill, wasn't going to solve it or just assuming that I'm the rare person that doesn't bleed when it's meant to have its period. Right. And so I do, I completely agree with you that there needs if you feel like something is not right, to not take that no as an answer and to actually keep digging until you are on that right path to getting your health where it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so what would you say are some of the most common lifestyle factors that you actually see contribute to hormone imbalances and gut problems? Such things as, I know in the world that we live in today, I feel like there's a lot of pressure to be go, 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 go all the time, and especially as women to be doing everything and having everything in order and to be perfect and i find that stress and i know that for me was one of the biggest ones what would you say are some of the other common lifestyle factors that you see yeah stress and like hustle culture and burnout Mm -hmm. are probably the biggest ones and i do see a lot of women go through that for sure some other ones that you have to consider are sleep like sleep is 
so, so important. The type of foods that we eat specifically, there's different packaged and processed foods and things that we don't want to have a lot of, like we don't want to have a lot of alcohol. We don't want to have a lot of artificial sweeteners or food additives because those emulsifiers and bulking agents and different things impact the bacteria inside the gut microbiome. And we want Mm -hmm. there to be I call them the good guys and the bad guys. Like we have, we want there to be this good bacteria that's very robust and healthy and the certain things we eat or we don't eat can impact that. So another big thing is people not eating enough fiber, which is really just fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, seeds. So real foods, that's really what's going to support the good guys to be strong. And then we want to make sure that it's keeping everything in check and balance, essentially. I would say another big lifestyle one that people don't often think about is actually exercise and moving your body has an impact. So if we are moving our body, there's research that shows it actually helps the beneficial microbes in our gut grow. Same with sleep. If we're sleeping enough, if we have um, lower stress levels. So very much what you do in your day-to-day life can impact your gut and your hormones. I think when it comes to hormones, the biggest tie in to me is the connection with the nervous system, which you touched on is like, if I'm, if you're really stressed all the time, if you're burnout, if you're not making space to take care of yourself in a variety of ways, then you're going to see a huge hormonal impact. Mm -hmm. 100%. And I know for especially where I, I grew up in Australia, which was Melbourne, there is almost this badge of honor of if you are burning out, if you are super busy, if you are stressed, it's like you're doing really well, gold star for you. And I just think that it's not a healthy way of living life. Yeah, it's great to be achieving things and have goals and doing all these things. But if it's at the expense of your health and at the expense of burning out and your nervous system being so dysregulated, then you know, you kind of have to take a step back and really assess what is important to you in those situations, because it does. And from what I see with so many of my clients is when they've come from that place of putting all that pressure on them and having the high levels of stress, which then impacts food choices that they make, which then impacts the exercise, like, you know, it kind of all interrelates as well. And then their gut health is thrown off or their hormones are imbalanced just because their bodies are not regulating the central nervous system, never has that time to actually come back, regulate cortisol levels with their stress hormone, come back down. They're constantly in that fight, fight, freeze mode. Yeah. I think for me, when I started working on this on a personal level, the perfectionist in me was like, oh my gosh, I have to have a fully regulated, calm nervous system all the time. And really that's not even the goal. It's you're going to have periods of stress, whether it's mental, emotional, physical, there's going to be stressors on your body. The key is having really good tools so that you can get back into a regulated state quickly. And so I I really always remind people we're we're striving for nervous system resiliency so that you can bounce back really quickly. But like you mentioned, a key piece is making the time and space in your schedule to have those supporting practices and to make sure that you're doing those things that are ultimately going to support your health, like move your body in whatever way that looks like for you. You don't have to go join a CrossFit gym and do hardcore 60 minute workouts, you know, but I think making that space to really care for yourself is the first step. 100%. And I always tell my clients, schedule it in with the same sort of importance as if it was a doctor's appointment, because if that doctor's appointment was coming up, you wouldn't 
pop something out or override it. And so often we have things put in place for us, like going to this exercise class or going and doing a sauna session, whatever it is, and something pops up and you're like, oh, it's fine. You know, I'll just skip the gym. I'll skip the sauna session. And by doing that, by saying yes to so many other things, you're saying no to yourself, which can impact all of that. I know that you touched on the dietary side of this and some of the foods that I guess we should start to include more of and some of the foods, some of the foods we should have less of. And I think a really helpful way to think about this is looking at addition rather than subtraction. It's like, how can I actually start to add more of these whole foods and those fibrous foods that you mentioned into my diet rather than be like, okay, I can't have X, Y, and Z, because again, it's, it's putting those limits and restrictions, right? Which can in turn actually cause stress because whatever you tell the mind it can't have it wants even more same as telling child to not go and press a big red button all of a sudden that's literally what they want to do (laughs) are there any i guess other specific foods or dietary patterns that young women can start to adopt or put into their lives to really support their gut health and help with their hormonal about their hormonal balance yeah i think of this in a very flexible way and like i'm like you i don't believe in all or nothing and i don't believe that there's anything that you can't have. And I, cause I think that's actually what breeds issues with restriction and, and different cravings and all kinds of stuff. So really it's about the majority of the time choosing certain patterns. And I would say the big way I describe it is an anti-inflammatory style of eating. So it's going to be really lots of fruits and vegetables, lots of whole grains. Think about home cooked meals and how you would assemble a home cooked meal versus eating out or TV dinner. So the majority of the time we want to have whole real foods and ingredients that you're putting together in a meal. And I think about this in four categories. So we've got protein foods, which can be plant-based or animal-based depending on preference. I personally believe you can do whatever really aligns with you. Um, Color and antioxidants, like all our fruits and non-starchy vegetables, fat sources, fats are healthy. I know like fat-free, low fat was a fat of the nineties for sure, but fat is super important for our hormone health because that's really the basis for how we make things like progesterone which is if we want healthy periods and fertility, we definitely need that. And then I think of starchy carbs as its own category. So corn, peas, potatoes, grains, all of those four things should be present at every meal. And the amounts and the portions can shift and flow depending on your goals, just your taste preference, your energy output, what you're doing for workouts. And then when you snack, I do recommend you have two sources present. And that's really because of the importance of blood sugar balance on, for our energy and for our hormonal system and our cortisol levels. So that's really why I approach it that way. And I like that flexibility versus, mm-hmm. oh, I need to have this many macros and weigh and measure my food. It's just, it's not a realistic way of being and and really not necessary for most people, unless you're like a hard, hardcore <sighs> athlete that needs to make weight for something. You know, if you're a fighter yeah. or UFC, I've worked with some clients like that. And then as far as the pattern goes, you know, I really don't believe in intermittent fasting for women. I think that having that restriction can cause a lot of hormonal issues and issues with food and disordered patterns. So I think eating within a 12 hour window that matches your circadian rhythm and your wake and sleep cycle is super supportive. Generally, we should be eating every three and a half to four hours again for that blood sugar stability. So that's really where I would start as like, this is the foundation. There's certainly really specific, we can get like into the weeds on like foods that support support estrogen detox, which is like broccoli and cauliflower and broccoli sprouts. Like there's little tweaks 
that we can always make individually, but this is like the foundation I really recommend for all women. Mm. It's so interesting when we highlight these things, right? Because it's, it's almost like we're coming back to basics in a world where we try and overcomplicate so many things. It's like we have everything pretty much available at our fingertips the whole foods that you're talking about and the protein sources and all of this it's not like you have to go out to a health food store and spend hundreds of dollars on specific superfoods or supplements it's just about actually looking at how you can structure your days so that your blood sugars don't dip too low and you are eating really consistently balancing out your meals and having the knowledge and understanding about how, what that looks like and how that works for you not having a mindset around restriction but just actually thinking about how can you get more of these foods into your day-to-day life and just make it really easy for yourself and stress-free yeah i think keeping it simple is going to be the key to actual sustainable success where it's not just a phase or a fad and it's funny when I talk with clients, like I was helping a client uh, strategize lunches for like a really busy work schedule. And we were going back to the basics of like, okay, sandwiches, like individual hummus cups with some pita chips and adding carrot sticks and celery with all of that. So it was just, it was kind of mind blowing to them, but I was like, we're going to take it back to like packing your kindergarten lunch with balance. And it's re- it really can be that simple. It doesn't have to be super in the weeds and all these these different things it's really consistency with the foundations that's going to make the biggest impact Mm -hmm. and i think what you said about perfectionism earlier comes into play here as well of eating isn't perfect it's not black or white there is no right or wrong way of doing it for so for somebody you know having the hummus and the pita chips and the veggie sticks for lunch is perfect like that's what they need on the day for somebody else maybe they need a meal that ha- that's a curry with rice and they've cooked it the night before you know everybody is so different and there's no perfect way of doing it and i think when you touched on that earlier of just letting that perfectionism go around this can be really really beneficial yeah i love it and i think that one of the things that helps me is i actually in my reminders app in my phone i write down the daily habits that are like really important to me at the time whatever season of life i'm in And I go through and I check off what I do. It is very rare that any day I'm hitting all the check marks that I want to in my morning routine, my daytime routine, my evening routine. And that's okay. My inner perfectionist has like graduated. She's she's proud of me. She's cheering me on because it's really just about, okay, the majority of the time I'm making the majority of the choices that support me and my overall health and well-being. So that's always like a good, a good thing to keep in mind is like, it's not about ever checking all the boxes. No, absolutely not. And so I know that you also touched on sleep and stress and the importance of both of these in both gut health and hormones. What like what are some techniques that some women can start to implement that actually helps them to reduce the stress that they're experiencing on a day-to-day basis and also to help improve the sleep quality that they're getting? Yeah, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> I love it so much because this will help just about every single system in our bodies. And I think a great place to start is your evening routines, your bedtime routines. You want to set yourself up so that you can get seven to nine hours of sleep. So think about what time you need to start winding down and then what that looks like to prepare for really high quality restful sleep. So I think, you know, some key pillars would be to 
block blue light or limit blue light, which you can do through apps on technology or blue light glasses two hours before bed, turn off devices 30 minutes before bed. Those things tend to get us activated and awake and that light signals to the brain to be awake. So start winding down and then get seven to nine hours of sleep and then start your day from a non-stressful, not rushed place. And don't hit snooze. That's like one of my favorite hormonal hacks. Your cortisol does not like it when you hit snooze. And you're never going to be like, oh, man, that five minutes is like exactly what I needed to be charged. Like, it's just not how it works. So set that alarm, get up and start your day and make sure that you're not rushed. I think a big piece of this is really time management, having really good boundaries of when to say no and when to prioritize yourself and then filling that space with things that are actually nourishing to you. So, you know, if you hear someone on Instagram or your best friend is like, this meditation program has changed my life. I love it. And you try it and you're like, this is so painful. Like, I don't, I can't sit here. I don't want to meditate and do this thing. Don't do it. You know, this is about experimenting and finding flow for what feels good for you. So some other practices that you could try are just being outside, being in nature, going on a walk. You can do things like guided meditations if that's helpful to have someone talk you through it versus just sit there in silence and try to focus. I love joyful movement like dance, mobility, yoga different types of breath work and just simple breath techniques, like just five minutes, set a timer for five minutes and just take deep breaths and focus on your breath. That right there is, can be really relaxing for a lot of people. Um, I also love gratitude practices and writing down things you're grateful for either before bed or in the morning, different journaling practices, whether that's you just brain dump your day, what's on your mind, or it helps you to have an internal dialogue of something you're working through in your life that might be stressful to you. Any form of creative expression expression is great. And I'm no artist by any means, but like, I love a good coloring book or like little craft projects, you know, it just feels good to do something with your hands and like, let that energy flow and then having good social support. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, having people that you trust that you can talk to, or if you had a bad day, you can meet a friend and go on a walk together. So there's a lot of different ways that you can play with this. And I would just really encourage people to, have flow here, find what works for you. And then you're going to essentially have this toolbox and think about it. We're like, Oh, here's the things I really love that feel good to me. And then every day can look different. So it doesn't have to be rigid. Maybe one day what's really supportive is there's a different pick the next day. So that's how I would approach it. I think. Mm, well, cause we're not robots. We're not programmed to be perfect all the time. So you're right. Every day is going to look different. And some days you need different strategies and techniques and I know for me, the journaling one that you mentioned and just brain dumping is one that works so well for me, but I, exactly what you explained about meditation, that's my brain. I'm like, I can't, this is so painful to sit here and try and <laughs> work through it. But for me, physically writing it out and getting it out of my head is an absolute game changer. And when you think about our, like as children, you have bedtimes, whether it's having a bath, winding down, having a book read to you, then being able to fall asleep. And so us humans, we're wired in that way of we need that routine for our brains and our minds and our bodies to register that, okay, it's time for us to kind of wind down and, and get that sleep now and calm down and not be go, go, go anymore, which I love all of those different strategies to implement. For those who are sitting here listening to this and being like, oh my goodness, I feel like my hormones are imbalanced or I'm aligning with so many of the symptoms that you have mentioned, where can they start? Like, what are the first steps to actually seek out the diagnosis or the help? Or where can they start on this journey to actually becoming that healthiest version of themselves? 
I would definitely recommend seeking out functional and integrative practitioners. So people that take this whole person-centered approach we're talking about, who are going to look at you and every area of your life and every symptom. And I like to think of it as a puzzle. It's to me, it's like a really exciting puzzle. Whereas sometimes other traditional physicians might zoom in on like, well, you have this symptom. So I'm going to give you this medicine to manage this symptom. You really want to look for someone and that's going to zoom out and take a bird's eye view and be like, okay, let's get to the bottom and take a root cause approach. So, you know, I always do recommend too, that even when you start doing this and let's say you found the perfect practitioner and you're, you're starting this process, you also don't want to start with the things that can be really fun, like the functional nutrition lab testing and the supplementation. That's actually not where you start. You want to make sure you're starting with these foundations, which this podcast alone is like a really, really great start. And to build those up before you spend money on the things like the mm-hmm. testing, digging deeper. And uh, this is a key piece of what I love to do with one-on-one clients. And I do gut health stool testing. I do urine and saliva for hormones. We can see what's happening along all of the metabolic pathways. I do hair tissue mineral analysis for micronutrients. So there's a lot of unique ways that you can dig deeper that might not give you a diagnosis, but it can give us a root cause. Like if there's some underlying mineral imbalance, um, I'm actually working with a client right now and we're working on repleting all of her minerals and we're working on rebalancing the gut microbiome because those are the things that are going to impact the hormonal symptoms she's having. And so the testing can tell us like exactly what we need to do. So it is helpful. Um, and then really, I think like the advice that we were talking about earlier, just like to really hammer it home is if you feel like something is wrong, Hmm. always trust your body in that relationship with your body, because that is going to be like the most valuable thing you can have is, is that relationship and paying attention to what's going on. And then finding a provider that you resonate with that you can collaborate and take a holistic approach with. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And what would you say is one of the biggest myth or misconception that you do hear about both of these areas in gut health and hormonal imbalances? Oh, I think like the biggest one that's my pet peeve right now mm-hmm. is when people say birth control balances your hormones. Yeah. I'm like, no, <laughs> uh, birth control doesn't balance our hormones. It just suppresses our natural production and replaces it with synthetics. So it can feel yeah. more stable and predictable, but it doesn't actually balance them. And so one of the things I, I work with a lot of clients preparing for healthy pregnancies and for their fertility journey and um, this is a key piece is like, sometimes it can take up to a year to come off of birth control, to rebalance hormones, to replete your minerals and birth control. We know based on research changes our gut microbiome. So it can actually cause a negative balance in those good guys versus bad guys. And so we need to fix the gut health issues as well. So that's probably like my biggest one where I'm like, oh boy, there's, there's other ways that, that we can go about doing it for people who are ready to come off of birth control. Yeah, 100%. I, yeah, on my journey, it was just that the first thing that was always handed out of it's fine, just go back on the pill or, you know, oh, this pill's not working. I go on, let's try this one instead. I went through so many different ones rather than them ever being like, let's actually get to the root cause of why this isn't working or why your body's having this reaction to it or why your period, like when you did go off it, your period hasn't come back. So, yeah, I just think it's, 
it is important and like we said earlier if you have that gut feeling that something's not quite right to make sure you dig deep until you get the answers that you're looking for absolutely i have some quick fire questions for you are you ready for these okay i'm ready (laughs) amazing what is one thing that you must do every morning to set your day up I have to do my morning practice, which looks different as I alluded to. So some mornings that's journaling, pulling Oracle cards, sitting outside in nature with my dog, listening to music, but there has to be my morning practice to set up my day. I love it. And what is one thing that everyone can do every day to improve their life? I would say start check-ins with themselves, like start a daily check-in practice to see how you're feeling in your body and start building that connection to your body. Cause it, that's the first step so that you really know what's going on and how you're feeling. So that would, that's a big one. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And what is your favorite quote and why? I feel like this changes like week to week, but one of my favorite ones right now is your intuition requires a regulated nervous system. And I think that's just like a really good reminder that tending to your nervous system is also a key. It's a key to everything, including your own personal magic. Yeah, that's so true. Now, one question that I do love to ask all my podcast guests is in the distant future, when you are looking back at your life, what do you feel like will be your biggest achievement or something that you will be most proud of? This could actually be something that you have already done, or it could also be something that you're hoping to do in the future. Ooh, oh, I think part of it I've done. I think like my biggest thing looking back was making the decision a year ago to move to Costa Rica. I sold everything. I left my entire life behind and I started over for a new one, even though there was a lot of fear and it's been the most aligned choice I ever made. And I'm really grateful. Um, and one day I know I'll look back when I have land and my little homestead and all of the things that, that that'll just be even sweeter. It's absolutely amazing. Taking those big risks in life like you said it's so scary but the payoff can be unreal so that's absolutely amazing that you've done that did you want to tell the audience what you have coming up if anything exciting for them and where the listeners can actually go to find you yeah i think the best place to connect with me would be instagram that's where i hang out the most on the internet and i am at westnutrition.co.co um, and what's coming up um, next year, I'm starting to offer one-on-one retreats here for people who want to come to Costa Rica and stay on the land in the mountains and experience, honestly, what this whole community has to offer. So we have amazing body workers and energy workers, massage therapy, just being in nature and having individualized health workshops. So that's a really exciting thing happening in 2024. And then I'm also launching a holistically aligned course. So maybe, you know, someone's not ready to dive into like the deep one-on-one lab testing realm and they want to just start with the holistic health makeover. That's what this course is for. And it's a self-paced course. So that's coming out in the end of 2023. So I'm super pumped about that. So many exciting things popping up, which is so cool. And I will put all of the links to everything in the show notes so that the listeners have easy access to go and find you and explore everything, which is amazing. But thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything that you have with us today. I think it's been such an incredible and powerful conversation. And I know that a lot of the listeners will be working, walking away with some aha moments or some little golden nuggets, which is amazing. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I love to talk about this stuff. I nerd out about it all the time. So thank you for having me on and giving me space to, to chat. 
What an incredible episode today with Brooke. I know that there would have been a lot of aha moments or some little golden nuggets taken away from today's conversation. If you know somebody who is currently experiencing some hormonal imbalances or some gut health health issues, it would be really, really powerful for you to actually send this episode to them. As always, I love connecting with every single one of you. So just head over to my Instagram, which is KJ Wellness, and send me through a Instagram message letting me know the key takeaways or something that you love from today's episode. But I will chat with you in the next episode very soon. And until then, you take care. Bye.